Welcome to Rough Drafts, how God writes his love in our stories, a podcast that explores the faith journeys of our friends and neighbors in Burns, Tennessee. Everyone has a story to tell. And in this podcast, we'll hear powerful and inspiring stories of how God works in the ordinary lives of people like you and me. Our stories are unfinished and perfectly imperfect. They're just rough drafts, a glimpse of what is to come because God is still at work, writing plot twists, introducing new characters, and bringing good even from the most challenging circumstances. Join us as we see what God is up to in our stories. Here's your host, Matthew Hyatt. Friends, Monica Gossett's back here with me today for another episode of our special version of Rough Drafts. Today's guest is an all-star. She is a softball queen, a volleyball queen. She takes care of two little sisters who appear to be carbon copies of each other. She loves her mystery novels, even though they seem to be about how to kill people, which makes me just slightly nervous. And she's a little bit accident-prone, which makes me feel slightly safer that it's less likely she's successfully going to get away after trying to kill me. Our guest today is Maggie Dawson. Maggie, hi. Hi. Welcome. I feel welcomed. Yay. I'm glad you're here. I am too. Okay, so what grade of school are you again this year? I'm in seventh. You are in seventh grade at William James. Yep. And you are about to go into the big eighth grade year. Yep. And that was the best three years of your dad's life, eighth grade. No. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm ready to be a senior. You're ready to be out, aren't you? I very. Do you know what you want to do? Uh, I want to be a doctor. Really? Yes. Like what kind? Um, I'm not real sure yet. Yeah. I just know I want to be a doctor. I didn't know if you wanted to be a doctor. So you like deliver babies or? Um, no. There's one. I forget. I keep forgetting what's called. If I if I were to like actually think about it, but I'm not gonna do that right now because that would take too long. <laughs> I can appreciate. It. Yeah, it's like where you can. Where you go to college for six years, and you're both a nurse and a doctor. Oh, okay. So, sort of like the you, nurse practitioner. Yeah, that's yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that's a good path. That's a good job. Yeah. Uh, so do you like like the science and the tech of doctor-nurse stuff? Do you like the caring for people? Do you like the blood and the guts? Like, <laughs> I would kind of go with all of it a little bit. Yeah. Like, make sure of both. I think it'd be cool because you really get to help people, and you get to see a difference. Yeah, and you get to like learn stuff in the meantime of it. Well, we have a lot of random questions that we just, this is just kind of, we, got, we want people to hear how God's at work in your life, because it's been a long time since a lot of our listeners were in the seventh grade. <laughs> and what's cool about this show is uh, we get to hear a bunch of different perspectives, like um, hearing your little sister is a perspective. Uh, there's an episode about your dad's story, which really? is going to be pretty cool. Um sure. So that hasn't uh, aired at the time we've recorded that. So surprise. See you know, Here you go. But this is kind of where you get to share some of your story. So uh, Monica asks everybody the same first question. The first question is always the easiest. Okay. Do you believe that God is actually real? Yes. Where did that become real for you? Was there a moment that something happened that you said, wow, God is real and he loves me? I would probably say, I feel like most people would honestly answer this like this, that it was at church camp. Okay. And it was actually last year that, like, I had already been baptized because I got baptized in 2020. But I was still, I had already known that God was real. I just needed, like, to have extra push. And that was when Emily had gotten baptized. 
That was the extra push I needed. What about that moment made that so real for you? Um, Just seeing her come out of the water, it just broke me down <laughs> and realized that this was the right way to do it and that I would never be alone. Because she was your sister twice. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It and was a really cool moment to see your dad baptize her. Yes. And just to have your whole family so united in a moment like that. I was crying basically for the whole remainder of the night just thinking about it because in biological family you only have so many siblings but in Christ you have so many and so many that you don't even know and just seeing her become my sister again was incredible that is so cool and I I even love what you just said because Maggie like that was a really deep thought when you talked about your little sister gave you the nudge you needed you know Big brothers, big sisters don't always like to admit the little, <laughs> little sister can help. But what you just did was talked about how her decision to follow Jesus helped your walk with Jesus. It impacted mine greatly. And she probably didn't have any clue. That that <laughs> she didn't. Sister, you know, probably still even right now doesn't know how much that mattered. I don't think she does. But, but at the same time, I bet some things that you have done that you have no clue about have helped other people's walks too. Well, I really hope. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I really hope. I definitely hope so. So is there a time in your story um, when God has really kind of showed up or showed out for you? Um, So I was really close with one of my family members, and he had passed away. And it was just a time that I really needed comfort, and he, I was super close to him. And it was just really hard to get through his death. And, and that same month, my great-grandmother passed away. And then, so it was just it was just a chaotic year too, and I just kind of needed someone to be there for me, and I went to God, and He helped a lot. So what did that look like? Um, it was kind of me bottling up my feelings, and then at night I would pray, and the next morning I wouldn't feel as pressured as I was the night before. Yeah. You felt some peace. From I felt God. I felt a bunch of relief relief i love yeah. that word that's a great word that's an absolutely great word <laughs> and sometimes in those moments i will be irrationally peaceful and i know that's prayer yeah so during that time i'm sure there was lots of people praying for you could you feel that i could definitely feel it it was just you could go from being super sad over one thing, and then all of a sudden you would just get this burst of joy. I'd just It would just be random. Where like I would wake up in the middle of the night and just be completely happy. And I wouldn't even know why. And it doesn't make sense. As, yeah. I would wake up and be like, why am I like this? In my journey, that has been my God journey. It almost feels irrational at times to be joyful in a time of such sorrow. Yes. But that's how God works. He doesn't. He doesn't do things like we do things. Yeah. Sometimes I think people look at us funny because of how much we're laughing in a funeral home. Oh, and yes. It's not because we're like disrespecting the person. It's not because we don't miss them, but because we still have joy even when things are tough. Yeah, because we know we're at peace. We know that they're at peace. Irrationally peaceful. I think that's the name of your new Christian band, Monica. Got it. <laughs> so tell us if there is one thing that you could be remembered for. When your life ends here, what is that one thing you want to be known for? That's a very good question. Um, I would have to go with probably helping people. 
Because if there's one thing that I know how to do, it's probably help people. Because in my friend groups, I've just always been the mom, make sure that everyone's not getting hurt and put others before me. Yeah, I've had people tell me that it was a problem that I put other people before me. So, um, but I don't find that as a really bad problem because it just makes me me. That's a great problem <laughs> to have. The world definitely needs more caregivers. And again, that's, you know, maybe that's one of the things that God fostered in you by having little twin sisters. You kind of, you were probably changing diapers in pretty young age <laughs> and, and helping out, you know. Yeah. So God helped make a, a caregiver out of you. That's really cool. And they're going to be the reason you're a great doctor because they have taught you patience that you couldn't have gotten anywhere else <laughs> yeah. to this level. A, lo a lot of patience. And if you haven't killed them yet. I would say I've, I've been doing pretty good. I'd say you've got an unbroken record so far. Yeah. What's the hardest part of having twin sisters? Um, It's because they always, I've found that they want to be with me a lot. And sometimes I just need those breaks because in my school, there's like a bunch of people and the hallways are super small. So I've, I've been like around people all the time and I'll just be on my room reading sometimes. And then I'll come and it's like, do you want to play? I'm like, not right now. And then they won't leave me alone throughout the rest of the day about it. I would say that's probably the biggest part of them just wanting to be with me, which isn't a bad thing. I just need a break sometimes. So what's the best part? Knowing that I'll always have someone to be there for me. Yeah. Sisters can be a very special part of our journey. 100%. Do you have a Bible story you want to share with us? Is there one that's your favorite? I would probably say Job. Okay. Because so, uh, Job. Um, yes. Okay. I, I've loved that story ever since I was little. And it's because even in like the darkest times, when he like lost his whole family, all of his life stuck, all of his money, he stuck with God. No matter what happened. Even all of his friends were telling him, oh, just give up on God. It's not worth it. How do you use that? Um, I apply that to my life as I'll never be alone and God will always be with me. Just how he was always was with Job. Awesome. Do you remember the name for Jesus, Emmanuel? You know that name? Yes. And it means God is with us. Yes. And I just, that's my favorite of all the names for Jesus. I mean, I love that Jesus means Savior. I, I, I love them, but Emmanuel is my favorite uh, because it means we're not alone. And yep. there's a lot of times that we feel alone. Like I remember when I was in middle school, I didn't feel like I had friends. So I felt alone a lot, you know. I've had that before where just you become friends with someone and then it turns out that they're like super fake. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I thought we actually had something to do. How did you survive it? Um, How do you survive that type of disappointment as a middle schooler? I kind of, like, take time to myself. So, and my friends, like, my real friends that have this, they will even, like, tell me that I'm like, yeah, well, I'm aware of this. I'm going to confront them about it, that they're fake. And so when I confront them about it, they'll try to manipulate me and tell me, oh, no, 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 I wouldn't do that to you. I would never do that to you. You're, like, my closest friend. And I, and... Whenever I break off those friendships, they know that I need time and then I will isolate myself. Like, I won't talk to anyone at all. And it's just like me time. Just I need time to heal. That's fair. The ability to take care of self, self-care yes. is such an important thing. And sometimes that looks like reading a book or going on a walk or just uh, time in prayer. It can look like a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. I love the 
fact that you use the word manipulate. That's a huge word for a middle schooler to understand, because I don't know that a lot of kids your age have the maturity to see that. And we were talking, I thought, I hope the people listening to this just heard her say, I know my self-worth and I know where my boundaries are. (laughs) Because I think that's a huge problem in middle school. Yes, a lot of people don't know where they stand. And it's sometimes it's not really a problem. But if you're like, don't, or if you're known for sticking up for other people and you just see someone get like getting bullied and you don't do anything, that just kind of takes away just, oh, they're kind of fake about this and that they lied. Or if you're known for just being like the one being bullied and you see someone else getting bullied and you just stand up for them, no questions asked, then you're, you're pretty high up there because it takes a lot of courage and respect and bravery to go up there and just confront them about it. Absolutely. Being the age you are and being able to live according to your values takes great courage because you know there's a chance that you then may be attacked. 100%. And even in middle school, you still don't know who you are just yet. You don't know long after middle school. No. <laughs> I'm still figuring that out. Yeah, that's a really good insight. Yeah. Yeah. Such maturity. So I was doing one of the podcasts. Um, you guys know that we record these and they don't all come out in the same order because we try yeah. to kind of, you know, whatever. So I, I don't know if our listeners will have heard this podcast by then or not, but I was visiting with a lady this week. And we were talking about how she didn't know what manipulation was when she was in school. And she ended up dating some guys who were creeps and stuff like that. And we were talking about, we wish that in school, that instead of learning what a, you know, dodecahedron is or whatever geometry taught us, why don't we learn like the red flags of manipulation and stuff like that? I thought, but I'm with Monica. It makes me really happy to hear that you recognize you have, you deserve to be treated well. So that leads me to the next question. I want to know how you got here. How are you so grounded and comfortable with who you are? Because there's somebody listening to this that's struggling that needs that insight. It it takes a lot of time because I was homeschooled for two years for fourth and fifth grade. And then I came back to uh, sixth grade and everyone was a completely different person than what they were, mm-hmm. than what I remember. And so it took me a long time to realize who I was and where I I was going to be for like the rest of pretty much my life, where I was going to be surrounded by people. Some people, most people don't even know who I am and that I need to like kind of make a name for myself, kind of be known, but not really be known that way. So I have enough respect that I'm not going to get trampled on each time I walk by the hallway. Um, What I did, I've picked out some really good friends and I didn't like go up to them and be like, hey, you're my friend now. <laughs> that is not the right way to make friends. Um, I just kind of went up to uh, one of my best friends. Her name is Leslie. She was in Great my... Name. Great name. Yes. <laughs> um, she was just in my class, and I was kind of new, and we were just put into a group, and I was like, hi, my name's Maggie. And she was like, she was, she's really quiet. And she was like, I'm Leslie. And I was like, oh, so nice to meet you. And we just kind of just found stuff that we had in common. And then over that time, we just built more on our friendship and just found what we have in common, what we don't have in common, what we can do together, and just just build a friendship on that. <laughs> and that's helped your confidence. Yes. And, like, she's really, she's a really big hugger, and I am not. So 
we've gone to the point we've we've agreed that I will let her hug me, but I'm not gonna hug her back sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's even like, I like the way you work, Megan. <laughs> I like the way you she, work. She won't care. She can just walk up to me and just hug me. I'm like, oh, okay. And I just kind of stand still until she lets go. I think people forget how important who we surround ourselves with regularly does make a difference in yes. who we become. Just my advice on that is just to surround yourself with good people. One that always tell the truth, that tell you when like people are talking about you. And j- that's what she does. She's just an all around amazing friend. Is there an adult that you admire? I'm definitely going to have to go with Elizabeth Coons. Okay. 100%. Now we're going to have to delete this episode. Um, oh, what is it about sorry. Elizabeth that you admire? She's just very loyal. Like, just so upbeat and funny. And even in the darkest times, I've had times where I'm just, I'll come into like a Wednesday class, and because she's my teacher, and I will not be having a good day. And she can just say something that brightens my whole day. She has an energy for life yes. and a love for people. You know, everyone I know, she sends me some of the most encouraging messages. Uh, just makes you feel like a million bucks. It's yes. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Everybody needs a Liz in their lives. Yeah. And I, I try. She's like one of the people I look up and try to be when I'm growing older. I try to be more energetic, in which I am honestly really pretty energetic for most people. And I always try to look on the bright side, even if I know that things aren't going the right way. Especially for all my friends. If they're going through a really hard time, I'd be like, you can do this. It's going to be okay. And I'm here for you every step of the way. The world needs encouragers. Absolutely. Yes. You know, we've talked about some cool stuff. The power of friends, the power of a positive outlook, the power of knowing God is with us. Those are some good lessons that I wish I had learned a lot earlier. Monica wishes I'd learned them earlier, too. <laughs> Is there anything else you feel like sharing with us today? Um, There can also, from my look of sports that I've had, there has been some really toxic people on teams that I played on. And even if they don't go to the same school, you... Oh, and they can just be super toxic. And they, I've known they can get into your head, and it's happened to me before, and then just beat you down. And just don't listen to them at all. What they have to say is not important. Sports is great. Yes. I mean, you learn so many valuable lessons. You learn how to become kind, even in, like, you learn in, like, the darkest situations when you're losing. And how to be a good uh, winner when, like, respectful when you do win. And you just don't blow up in their face and be like, I when you lose. Just don't do that. Just shake their hand and say, good game. I think a lot of character is exposed through sports. 100%. A lot of emotion, a lot of character. Because you can seem like the nicest person ever, and then you go out into like a softball field and be like the worst player out there. Just have a terrible attitude, and it just affects the whole team. Like, it can take the smallest little thing. If someone strikes out uh, in the batter's box, they can come and be all mad. And some people like try to tell them it's okay, and they're like, no, it's not okay. They just blow up in their face. It just affects the whole dugout. How do you hold on to your faith in your sports? Um, that's a really good question. I try to find the people on my team that I've known have always had a positive out- attitude. 
Like, darkest times, we're losing, like, 20 to 1. Like, just no matter what. They're always yelling, hey, ladies, we got this. You can do it. Just... And that just... If you're out there playing and you hear that in the dugout when you're, like, losing miserably, that just gives you a 100% boost of confidence in how you're playing. That's awesome. That's really cool. Your teams are lucky to have you on them. (laughs) Nobody ever said that about me on their team. So, yeah. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. Um, you know, I know I have a a volleyball player. Yes. And I know that for her, you know, we always knew she's very athletic. And so that came really natural for her. Some people it doesn't come natural as for them and they had to put in more work. A hundred percent. And yeah. I think she very much valued that. And it was what amazed me through our journey of sports with her is that because the athleticism come, and now she was a worker, but but she has a natural athletic ability. Yeah. She really tried to be a leader and let her light shine there because so many of her teammates learned a lot about the gospel by her attitude on the team. That's amazing. And I would, I really want to thank my cousins on this because I wouldn't even be playing softball right now or doing any sports if it weren't for them. They were some ones that made like wanted me to go out for softball with them because they wanted to be on a team with me because we didn't really see each other a lot and so I was like you know what whatever I'll do it and I had so much fun that year that I wanted to go back and do it over again and I've been playing ever since I was four and I'm turning 13 this year when I shared Hannah's story I can see you being that person on a team that light where people look at you and think wow there is just something different about her (laughs) Because I think you radiate that. I try my hardest to keep a positive attitude in the dugout or just in the stands whenever sports are happening. It can be really challenging sometimes, especially when around everyone around you is just angry and just not in the best attitude. It's hard to keep a smile on your face and be like, hey, we got it. It's going to be okay, even if we don't lose, even if, even if we don't win. <laughs> Because it's a game. Yeah. It's, it's lose perspective. It's yeah. not going to be life-changing. It's not like it's a World Series. It's not like it's NFL. Like, it's fine. Oh, man, this has been so cool. And Maggie, I just, I want to say, I feel like you are on the right track. And I can't wait to see what God does with you in your eighth grade year and in high school and in all the things that are next. Because uh, God has a way of using people who want to be used by him. And I believe you're one of those people. Well, thanks for joining us today, and thanks, friends, for listening to our Rough Drafts podcast. Uh, It's always a treat to get to hear from somebody in a different place, in a different walk in life, and I know that you've been encouraged today. I hope that you'll share this with a friend, and until next time, I can't wait to find out what God is up to in your story. Thanks for listening to Rough Drafts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, Help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. Until next time, let's keep looking for how God writes His love into our stories.